What is up guys? It is Quinn here back with another video. Yesterday I talked about my top 60 running backs. Today we're going through more rankings, but it's going to be the top 60 wide receivers. Obviously not going to be doing in-depth breakdown on each player. We would be here all day, but just maybe talking about some general trends, maybe some overall tiers. You know, in certain spots, I may have one player ranked three, four spots ahead, but if it's a spot in the draft where it's like these players are all in a tier, it's not something that should be like super overreacted to. You know, these are players who could be going back to back to back in drafts. So I'll just kind of point out some of those spots. If you guys are watching and you're enjoying the content, do me a huge favor, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. And then if you want to see more rankings, like I said, running backs were posted yesterday. I'll go through both the quarterbacks and tight ends tomorrow, and then I'll have my overall rankings the day after that. So that's enough of the intro. Let's just jump right into the rankings. And here at one and two, I think these players can be flipped either way. Personally, I have Justin Jefferson at number one, Cooper Cup at number two. Like I said, can't go wrong with either of those guys. Those are players I'm picking anywhere from pick two to pick four. So I like both of those guys. Then Jamar Chase pretty firmly comes in here at number three. I don't think I mentioned at the beginning, this is going to be PPR scoring. So just keep that in mind. So Jamar Chase here at three, I think he's kind of in between that tier of Jefferson and Cup. And then the next tier with Stephon Diggs and Devontae Adams. I feel like it's pretty easy to kind of separate the tiers really early on with these wide receivers. You've got the top two, you have Chase in the next tier, then you've got the Devontae Adams, the uh, Stephon Diggs tier. Those players can be flipped either way. And then I think in terms of second round wide receivers, like the ones you're really confident taking, maybe even early to mid-second round, you have C.D. Lamb and then Debo Samuel. And then I think you're getting into like that late second, early third round range. And then you've got the Keenan Allens, the Mike Evans, T. Higgins, Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown. I feel like all those players are in a chunk. I know I've seen some people with Tyreek Hill at the top of that tier. I've seen some people with Keenan Allen all the way at the bottom of that tier. For me, I like Keenan Allen at eight. I think he's wildly safe, but also has some upside if he can get on touchdowns. All the other players, I really do like it price, probably except for Tyreek Hill, because I think Tyreek Hill's consensus kind of going ahead of all these players. For me, I have him and AJ Brown together, stud wide receivers, and maybe somewhat of like uncertain situations here. Then I think there's kind of a tear break. And then I go to Michael Pittman, Deontay Johnson, two players that I like in the mid to late third round probably wouldn't be drafting Deontay Johnson there because he's typically not going to go that early. And then I think we kind of get into a spot here. Like those were the start of the wide receiver twos. And then we get to this range. You could even throw those two guys in there. A lot of players who could be flipped around just depending on preference. These players are going to dominate the late third, you know, probably throughout the fourth round also. So players like Jalen Waddell, Marquise Brown, I skipped DJ Moore at 15, Moore at 15, Waddell at 16, Marquise Brown at 17, then Mike Williams, DK Metcalf, Chris Godwin, Cortland Sutton, Terry McLaurin. Like I could see all those guys going late third, you know, throughout the fourth round. I know a lot of people have Cortland Sutton up at like 14, 15. For me, he's just at the bottom of that tier or closer to the bottom of the tier. And then to wrap up the wide receiver twos, I actually have two players back to back who I talked about in my must draft wide receivers or league winning wide receivers. And that is Michael Thomas and Juju Smith-Schuster both kind of in unique spots. Both, you know, have underperformed the last two seasons. Michael Thomas hasn't even really played, but I think these are guys who have very, very high ceilings. So I may say they're slightly behind that tier I just talked about, but I think there's kind of a nice balance with those players, probably in front of the next tier. 
where I'm getting into the wide receiver threes. Jerry Judy is a guy that I'm probably going to be a lot lower on than consensus. Honestly, on some platforms, I may be able to get him at around wide receiver 25. He's not someone I'm overly into. I think both Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy have their own concerns. It is probably likely that one of those guys does have like a big boom and finishes as like a probably fringe wide receiver one. I'm just not overly confident in choosing either one of them. And so at this point, I'm kind of just willing to take other options. But if he's there at wide receiver 25, I will take it. Then we've got some of these younger players. We've got Rashad Bateman, Darnell Mooney, Elijah Moore. And then to break up those young guys, I have Allen Robinson here at 29. A-Rob is someone who I think is probably going to be drafted a lot earlier than this. I think a lot of people would be taking Allen Robinson over some of these younger players. Maybe even throw him in there as like a mid-tier wide receiver too. For me, when I'm looking at Robinson, we look at his season last year. He obviously struggled. I do think it's possible that was just a situation thing. Even though he's been known for, you know, producing in bad situations, maybe it was just an off year. He's obviously not like the peak of his peak in terms of his like ability, his talent, all of that. He is a little bit on the older end, but it's totally possible he is still the guy. I think people are just overrating maybe his ceiling with the Rams here. If we remember early in the 2021 season, you know, it was Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. No one knew who the number one was. They were basically going back to back in drafts. Some people liked Cup, some people liked Woods. We get into the 2021 season, Cooper Cup is tearing it up. Robert Woods was not someone you loved starting. Like he's someone you were probably slotting in as your number two or your flex, but he was putting together, you know, some unfortunate weeks early on. I do think he picked it up, you know, before he tore his ACL, but we kind of just saw this really talented wide receiver slot in, in that number two spot and didn't really have this crazy ceiling. And I think at this point, looking at Allen Robinson's 2021 season, are we willing to say that Allen Robinson today is a better player than Robert Woods pre ACL tear was? I'm not sure if I'm willing to say that. So I do think he can probably finish as like a mid-tier wide receiver too, but I think that's a lot closer to his ceiling just based on what we saw last year. So personally, I would rather be taking swings on some of these younger guys. If you want to take him, you know, as a wide receiver too, I don't think it's the worst play. I think that's probably where he's going to be going, but that's kind of my reasoning for why I'm not taking him there. And then I talked about the young guys going before him. I continue to draft young players after him. Amon Ra at number 30, Drake London at 31, Gabriel Davis here at 32. All these young guys are in different situations, but I think these are players you want to be betting on. As you can see, I'm probably a little bit lower on Gabriel Davis than consensus. I just can't rationalize picking Gabe Davis over guys like Bateman, Mooney, Moore. I guess Bateman maybe hasn't proved that much, but these other guys have proven to produce at a very high level, whereas Gabriel Davis is getting propped up because of one playoff game you know, some efficiency metrics where he wasn't the starter and then being on the bills. I'd rather take some of these better prospects or players who have already balled out. So that's my kind of take on Gabriel Davis. Probably won't have a ton of shares of him here at wide receiver 32. Then we start to get back into the veterans. Brandon Cooks at 33, Adam Thielen at 34. I'm guessing people are going to be a little bit upset with Brandon Cooks here at 33. I know a lot of people like Brandon Cooks. If you are drafting your wide receivers for safety, I think Brandon Cooks is a really strong pick. I think I talked about him as one of my bust-proof players. He produces no matter what type of situation he is. My problem with Brandon Cooks is that when you're looking at the wide receiver position, 
from like a mid-tier wide receiver two all the way down to like a wide receiver three, they're all producing in a very similar range. So if I'm drafting someone to be my wide receiver two, I'm not really satisfied with them just slotting into that cookie cutter range. I want to be drafting these players who can take that leap, the Cooper Cup leap, the Jamar Chase leap, the Deontay Johnson leap last year. Those are the players that I want to be targeting. So it's kind of just like a strategy thing for me where I don't think Cooks has that ceiling, whereas I think the players going ahead of him does. So it really just depends on your strategy. But that's my reasoning for putting him at 33. Then we go back to some of the younger guys with uh, Devonta Smith here at 35, Brandon Ayuk here at 36. You could throw them in that tier with the Amon Raz, the Elijah Moores. I just think they're probably in not as great situations, right? Devonta Smith is going to be locked in behind A.J. Brown. Brandon Ayuk going to be locked in behind Debo Samuel. But I think these two are very talented players. I think they're going to be really solid fantasy assets, you know, in the years moving forward. So maybe they're just so good, they outperform kind of where, you know, they're situated in their offenses right now. It's totally possible. And so that's why I'd be willing to take them as like, I guess, back-end wide receiver threes. doesn't seem like I have a ton of confidence, but I think they're very strong picks at price. Then moving into our wide receiver fours, we have DeAndre Hopkins here at wide receiver 37. It's always tough to kind of gauge someone's value when they're coming off of a suspension. He's locked into miss six games. And this is not the same situation as last year where he'd be coming into an offense as the clear-cut number one. It is very possible today Marquise Brown is the better wide receiver. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins has had an amazing career. But just at this point in their like respective careers, Marquise Brown's the young up-and-coming guy. DeAndre Hopkins coming off the suspension, coming off a down season in 2021. I'm just not sure what type of player he's going to be coming back. Like, is DeAndre Hopkins going to be a high-end wide receiver too? Personally, I think he's probably going to be, you know, producing a little bit less than that. I feel like his range is probably mid-tier to back-end wide receiver two, maybe even fringe wide receiver two, wide receiver three. So you kind of just got to find that common ground where it's like, all right, you got to factor in the missing time, but he's going to come back obviously better than you're drafting him. I saw someone tweet about this uh, recently. I forget the name, so my bad on that. But it was basically like drafting DeAndre Hopkins is kind of like gauging how well you value yourself as a fantasy player, right? Like if you're able to survive without him in your lineup, then when he comes in, it's going to take your team to the next level. So that's something to think about also. Amari Cooper, tough to be super into Cooper at this point when we know Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended for 11 games. He's going to be the number one, but it's probably going to be a not great passing attack. So that's where we're at with Cooper. Then we go to Kadarius Tony at 39. Kadarius Tony really just feels like a complete wild card. Like if he came out and was just totally unstartable the entire season, I wouldn't be surprised. If he came out and just broke out of nowhere and started balling out with all these crazy, you know, insane performances, I also would not be surprised. So that's why he kind of slots in here as a fringe number three, number four. Then we go to Hunter Renfro, probably going to be the third target on a good passing attack. I think if we see an injury to Adams or Waller, I think Renfro could kind of be the rare wide receiver handcuff, almost like a Tyler Boyd-esque player, or even like a Gage or a Julio on the Buccaneers. It's rare where at the wide receiver position, if an injury happens, a guy will just step up and produce at a high level, because obviously running backs, that happens, because you can just feed volume, and guys will produce. The wide receiver position, you have to earn targets, but I think Renfro could be one of those guys. Then we jump into a tier with these young wide receivers. I believe all these guys are rookies. 
Traylon Burks, Sky Moore, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. At this point in the offseason, especially Burks, Moore, and Wilson, it doesn't seem like these players are slotted in to be starters on their offense, but we're just going to be betting on the fact that throughout the season, they're going to kind of work in more and more, get more opportunities, and then we're expecting a late-season breakout. The one thing I do want to say about these players is that if you draft Burks, Moore, Olave, and Wilson, you have to be prepared for them to not be startable early on in the season. Like if you're going to draft them and then after three weeks, their best game is like three receptions for 40 yards, and then you're just going to cut them, it's going to be a wasted pick. I'm not really expecting any of these four guys within the first four or five weeks to have put up a big game or consistent production. That's really just not what you're drafting them for. You're drafting them as Amon Ra breakouts later in the season, Elijah Moore breakouts later in the season. So just something to keep in mind here. Just don't be spending like eighth, ninth round pick on one of these guys if you know you're going to be like a little bit impatient and want to cut them. So just kind of my thoughts there. Then to finish up the wide receiver fours, we go with some more veteran players, Tyler Lockett, uh, Christian Kirk at 45, Lockett at 46, Robert Woods at 47, and then Tyler Boyd at 48. Now into the wide receiver fives, Julio Jones, someone I'm pretty high on. I know some people are going to be totally out on him. Others are probably going to be way too in. It's kind of one of those weird situations where some people just think he's totally done, burnt, injury prone, whatever he's done. And then other players are just going to see the name and they're going to reach on him. I'm probably in between, but probably a little bit more on the pro Julio Jones side, just because I can see the upside. And at wide receiver 49, there's really not a ton of risk. Alan Lazard at 50, definitely going to be lower on Alan Lazard than consensus. I just can't rationalize pushing someone way up my board and drafting them as a wide receiver three just because of the situation. I guess it's kind of similar to the Gabe Davis thing, but it's like if Alan Lazard hasn't broken out and been a consistent fantasy weapon you know, so far in his career, then Devontae Adams leaving is not going to make him some fantasy stud. If he couldn't be relevant with Devontae Adams there, he may be a little bit better with him gone, but it's not going to be this huge jump. So that's why he's here at 50. Then we go with some young guys, Claypool, Pickens, Jahan Dotson. Then we go Russell Gage with the Buccaneers, Rondell Moore with the uh, Cardinals, back-to-back Cowboys here at 56 and 57, Michael Gallup, Jalen Tolbert. Gallup likely won't be ready for week one, but it seems like he could be ready, you know, potentially early on in the season. I believe they're not putting him on the pup list to start, so that is good news. While Michael Gallup is out, it looks like Jalen Tolbert should be the wide receiver too, or at least the wide receiver three on that offense, also with James Washington out. And then to wrap it up, Romeo Dubs at 58, someone who's gained a lot of hype. I wouldn't say I'm like all in on him. I'm not super bullish, you know, thinking he's going to be the number one on this offense, but I think he's someone you should definitely throw a late round dart on. Then we've got Isaiah McKenzie here, MVS. One player I'm realizing is not in this top 60, Christian Watson. He's also in this range, right? At some point when we're getting to like wide receiver 58, 59, 60, 61, 62, a lot of these players, it's just kind of pick your shot on what late round guy you want. You could throw a Joshua Palmer in there, a Nico Collins, people like this. So just something to keep in mind there. But those are my top 60 wide receivers. Let me know down below in the comment section what you guys think about this. Who do you think is too high? Who do you think is too low? I want to hear it. So yell at me down below. I'll be getting back to every single person. As always, thank you for stopping by, and I'll see you guys in the next one.